Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, tomorrow's the day cannabis becomes legal across Canada. But what does it mean for athletes? The World Anti-Doping Agency, for example, they, they have banned cannabis. It is considered to be a banned substance. Uh, various pro sports leagues take kind of different opinions. Some, some are a little more harsh when it comes to cannabis use than others. Uh, the NHL, for example, uh, doesn't punish its players uh, for marijuana use which is fairly lenient compared to some other major sports leagues in in North America. Obviously, cannabis is not a performance-enhancing drug, so it does seem odd that there would be a harsh approach in that sense. I get up until now it's been illegal, and maybe it's just the stigma around use of an illegal drug that has prompted sports leagues to to frown upon its use. Uh, As far as the NHL is concerned, I mean, uh, in Denver... Colorado cannabis has been legal for a few years now. It's now legal in California, where the NHL has three teams. And, uh, of course, it's now about to be legal across Canada, where there are seven teams. Now, the NHL says its, um, its policy is not going to change, largely because it is fairly lenient when it comes to cannabis use. But might it change the stigma around cannabis? And I suppose there's the recreational side, but there's also the medicinal side. And our next guest can certainly speak to to the benefits of that and the stigma around that. Uh, Riley Cote, former NHL, he's the co-founder of Athletes for Care, more at athletesforcare.org. Riley, thanks so much for joining us here today. Welcome to the program. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, now, your introduction to medicinal cannabis goes back to your playing days, and, you know, it's kind of understandable when, when we think about it. We've heard a lot of horror stories about, uh, you know, the abuse of painkillers and what that can lead to. You were looking for an alternative to painkillers, weren't you? I tell you the, the truth was uh, I was introduced to it in a very recreational setting and, and really not having any understanding of, of its of therapeutic and healing properties really until I... You know, good got later on in my junior career and turning pro, going to the, the fighting part of uh, part of hockey, and really start understanding that uh, you know the cannabis is really helping with my anxiety and sleep. So that was also around the time when I was really introduced to the opioids and you know this this cocktail of pharmaceuticals. And I played in the Central Hockey League my first year. It was it was eye opening. But uh, cannabis is always kind of you know around. It was always an ally of mine. Um, you know, unfortunately, the other stuff was still around. It was still, you know, used, uh, especially on the Boston road trips. Um, but uh, it wasn't really until I got, uh, you know, turned 28 and landed up retiring to a laundry list of injuries and collateral damage from, you know, concussions from fights. And um, I started studying and, and learning about cannabis. What kind of stigma was there around uh, cannabis use, and, and especially when it comes to, to trying to treat some of these injuries or trying to, to use it for medicinal benefit? Did you encounter a lot of a lot of skepticism? Well, when I was doing it on my own time, uh, I wasn't publicly you know announcing it. It was just kind of something I, I did on my own time. It wasn't until I retired at 28 when I started becoming an advocate. Um, from all the stuff I was learning about it and speaking publicly about it, I mean, there was always people who were hating on, you know, you know, challenging their belief system with it. You know, people... I said, Riley, you still there? Very, very positive. Anyway. Yeah, it was. It was very positive. Uh, you know, from from the, the people that were you know, face to face looking me in the eye and saying, "You're doing a really good thing." There's obviously haters online. 
social media that, you know, always got the opinions, but I mean, that doesn't change my direction and my belief system. So it's, uh, it's, it's a change of philosophy. It's hard for people to wrap their head around for most. Yeah. In terms of the NHL's policy, I, I, I mean, it, it didn't sound as though you were potentially facing any discipline for using it, were you? No, I mean, once I made the flyers, I was tested three times a year. But uh, as you mentioned in the intro there, um, you, you don't get suspended for, for testing positive for THC. I mean, from my understanding, it's just data collection. No one's been in the substance abuse program for just THC. Um, it's not a performance-enhancing drug. Um, so it doesn't, you know, it, it wouldn't affect your career. Like if you're a football player, where you, you get suspended four or five games for testing positive for yeah. THC and you know, he could be just released from the team or, you know, screw up your whole career with that. So, obviously, for me, I knew it was the, the trade-off was easy for me. Yeah, Riley, and I guess the question of, I mean, how common is it right now? What, what, what can you tell us from your own experience? Well, I think it's, uh, it's more common now than ever. I mean, uh, you know, I think back in the day, the numbers were probably pretty high as far as guys using it. I think now with the, the science and all the different types of CBD products and Delivery methods um, outside of dry herb, um, you know, makes it attractive for athletes. I mean, a lot of guys don't want the psychoactive properties of THC. They want the CBD. They, they want the anti-inflammatory properties. Other guys do want the THC. You know, it's a, it's a subjective. It's all uh, individualized medicine. Um, but um, at the very least, the, non, uh, the non-psychoactive cannabinoids should be, uh, you know, available for these guys on a, on a daily. So how should the league approach it? Or how should pro leagues, not just the NHL, but other leagues, how do they need to deal with this? I, I think they should absolutely not test for it. And in fact, I believe it should be, um, you know, mandated or be part of the culture of healing within the locker room. From GM down, uh, medical staff, team doctors, uh, you know, cannabinoids are the future of medicine and sports medicine. There's no way, there's, there's no way it's not. And, um, you know, I think it, you know, from top down, um, normalized, used, accepted, um, different delivery methods. Again, this is you know, you're not going to see dry herb in the locker room. You're going to see creams, topicals, tinctures, um, transdermal patches. You name it. Um, and there's going to be a lot of science that's coming out um, to, to to back this up. And there's or, there already is, but obviously we need more um, for for most people to wrap their head around it. But it's going to be a huge part. Um, it needs to be a huge part. It's just it's still going to take some time until you know, I think until the U.S. government changes their stance on it. Right, and that, that's still what's awkward for a lot of these leagues. I mean, even though it's legal in Canada, it's legal in a number of states, and, and medicinal marijuana is, is legal in some uh, some other states as well, but the, um, the United States government still takes a, a very uh, harsh view of it, doesn't it? Yeah, and I can tell you know, the federal government changes their stance on it. There's no way an international sport like, uh, like hockey is going to, you know, they're not going to change their policy until that happens because it's just too much liability crossing the border. You know, any players are going to say they forgot it or or whatnot, or they're going to bring it. It's just, uh, it just, it's just easy for them to play it safe, keep it the same way it is. Um, the, the test is is, is is the most non-intrusive test there is for drug testing in all sports leagues for, for the most part, and guys aren't getting suspended for it. So that's you know that's that's a plus. If they're learning something from it as far as data collection, great. Um, but at least they're not enforcing suspensions and penalties on these guys for THC. So from that standpoint, um, I, you know, I applaud them for that. What about the recreational use? Um, does it does it take away from your competitive edges in, in any way? Absolutely not. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm definitely not a household name. I found my way to the NHL by fighting and um, extremely competitive. 
Um, a hard-nosed, old-school guy, and I've been consuming cannabis since I was 15 years old. I mean, I'm, I'm like the opposite of lazy, and, um, you know, I can speak from my own personal experience and people that I know that use cannabis mindfully and and um, and understand it. I think, yes, it is. Oh, did we lose him again? Riley, you there? Oh, there we go. Right. I mean, look, you know, athletes are fighting to get on these teams, fighting to keep their spots on these teams. So they realize, obviously, for themselves that uh, they don't want to do anything that, that's going to, to hurt them in a competitive sense. Um, I think you might have dropped off there. Riley, you there? Yeah, having some phone issues here. I think, Riley, can you hear me? There we go. Okay, so yeah. so you say for you, it, it wasn't something that, that affected your, your performance at all. Maybe we have these stereotypes of what, you know, what pot users are like. Well, yeah, I mean, I can speak, you know, from my own personal truth is that it, it, is, it is the exact opposite of what most people think it is as far as the stereotype goes. I think if you're, if you're, if you're a lazy person, cannabis is just going to probably make you lazier or, you know, or just like, you know what I mean? It's not going it, to, it, it's just like, if you already have that in your DNA, you're already lazy. Cannabis isn't going to make you lazy. Um, you know, and I think, I think cannabis is a tool. It needs to be used with respect and dosed properly. I think if you overconsume THC, yes, it's going to put you in a lethargic, tired mode. Some people are seeking that because they're trying to rest and calm the nervous system. But I think if you want to do it right, it's, you know, less is more, you know, microdosing and, and kind of getting it in you slowly and getting the effects that way. But um, there's a huge educational component to this to teach this. Because otherwise, people just think, you know, cannabis means just getting absolutely super stoned when you're sitting on your couch. I mean, yeah. yes, you can achieve that, but we don't. We're not really trying to achieve that. You know what I mean? And um, I think, I mean, the, the stoner thing is there's people, there's people that don't smoke weed that are, are the stoner, you know what I mean, are the stoner type. And it's just kind of like, I think the cannabis, the whole persona has just kind of been manipulated in a sense where, you know, that productive human beings, susceptible human beings can't consume cannabis. I think look at athletes specifically, a ton of them are using it because it's about, it's about wellness, it's about recovery and about harm reduction. We don't want to use toxic substances to, to manage these things. You know, I think we're, that's outdated, that's archaic. Well, moving forward, I mean, it seems though the NHL is is well ahead of its uh, competitor leagues in in North America, so that that's a positive then. It is absolutely the way the drug test is set up. They're not penalizing, not suspending. That's huge. I mean, guys are at least not ruining their their careers over testing positive for THC. You know, that's the trade off. Guys are trying to self medicate with something sustainable, and then you know, in these other sports, they have to. You know, we have to worry about the drug test, and it's uh, you know, it was a trade off. At least in hockey, you can like you know, mindfully um, consume without worrying about screwing up your career. So you know, as long as you're doing it within the laws of wherever you're at, in the state you're at. Right, and I mean, it's it's like alcohol. You know, some some players uh, drink, some players drink on the road, some players drink to to take the edge off, and and others stay away from it. Right, but it's kind of a personal choice. It's not something the league is too concerned about, unless it it crosses the line in, into abuse and addiction. Yeah, exactly. It's an individual choice, and I, I think you know, I mean, you kind of mentioned like the, the different sides of it, like the recreational. I say the recreational is more like dry herb or edible, where you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're obviously seeking some THC, but again, this whole other side of of cannabis, we talk about cannabinoids, is, is this like really focused on science-based recovery, is really targeting inflammation and really promoting you know sleep and protecting the brain, the neuroprotective properties. So really, kind of 
hitting it from this like uh, you know multivitamin dietary essential type of angle where it's like it's wellness. This is no different than you know taking a multivitamin and, and really you know targeting it that way. And then then you got the then you got the other side. I get it. You know that's that's no different than going with beers with beers with the boys. I mean you know what I mean. We've I tell you how many times I in a circle with my teammates and it's like um, it's, it's the same deal, but it's such it's such, it's such, it's such a more positive way to. To, to 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 commune versus you know drinking beers and hard alcohol and shots and you know having a dirty hangover next morning and managing that so it's a different mentality. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, uh, more at um, well, you got a couple of foundations. Is the uh, the Hemp Heels Foundation more at uh, HempHeelsFoundation dot com and also AthletesForCare dot org. Riley, thanks so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate this. Appreciate it. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.